BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. is the Tom Hartman Program. It is just an absolutely extraordinary day. Greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth and justice, believers in peace, freedom and the American way. We've got a lot on the program today. Has Florida become the first state to actually make the transition to being an autocracy or a dictatorship? We'll get into all that stuff. I don't know if you caught it, but Anthony Fauci, among others, was uh, being grilled before a Senate committee this morning, and Rand Paul was trying to grandstand with his prosecutorial, didn't you say, and how can you, and aren't you conspiring? And, and Fauci just kept saying, well, he said, in usual fashion, Senator, you are distorting everything about me. Paul goes, quack, 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 and then Fauci goes, there you go again, you just do the same thing every hearing. You are incorrect, Senator. Fauci says to Paul, you are incorrect in almost everything. You keep distorting the truth. This is stunning how you do that. And then... Fauci holds up a page, a screenshot from Rand Paul's website that says fire Dr. Fauci and next to it, it has a donate to Rand Paul button with a list of, well, you can donate $20 or $50 or $100. Twitter's going nuts, right? It's just going nuts. But Rand Paul is not the only wannabe neo-fascist out there. Ron Filipowski, who is a, a, a lawyer, a Republican, and writes over at the Bulwark, has been going off what Gary Finout, who is a Florida-based political reporter, has been reporting on what's going on down in Florida. I realize that's kind of a complex thing, but Filipowski is basically echoing Finout. This is amazing. They are not going to embarrass Ron DeSantis is what one of the uh, Republican legislators down in Florida said. Ron DeSantis is essentially the Speaker of the House, the President of the Senate, and the Chief Justice of the Florida Supreme Court right now. And so Filipowski says there's a word for that. Florida no longer has a functioning separation of powers, checks and balances, is no longer a functioning republic. The elected representatives of the party in power are so intimidated by the bully in the governor's mansion that we are now essentially an autocracy. In fewer than three years, Filipowski goes on, DeSantis has corrupted nearly every institution in Florida. And, I, you know, I would say that this is probably the pattern that we're going to see in, or are seeing in state after state. But here's where it gets really interesting. And, and uh, uh, Sean and I are reaching out to Filipowski to see if he wants to tell us specifically about what he's learning. He's, he's talking about how he and three of his researchers, he and three volunteers have, quote, immersed ourselves into monitoring the political right. We've uh, attended rallies and events, monitored social media pages across multiple platforms, lurked in Internet chat rooms and watched countless podcasts and shows. The right wing disinformation machine, he writes, is powerful, effective and coordinated. It is filled with alternative facts and conspiracy theories about election fraud, COVID, vaccines, school policies, the border, foreign affairs, cryptocurrencies, and many, many other topics. They use fabricated studies, doctored reports and journals with dubious or anonymous sources, fake and deceptively edited videos. Now, here's where it gets troubling. We're all familiar with all of this. Then he goes on to say, and keep in mind, this guy is a Republican. He goes on to say, as for the rest of America, neither the left, the center left, nor the Democratic Party 
has any real coordinated effort to counter this right-wing ecosystem. Every week we watch as Republicans gather at huge conferences, rallies, seminars, and classes where candidates and activists are recruited and indoctrinated. Nothing like that is happening on the left. And then he goes on to say, and the truth is the traditional media is constitutionally incapable of being a counter to the alternative ecosystem the right wing has constructed. He goes on to say, so if the traditional media can't do it, how about the Democratic Party? Sadly, they're not in the game in any way. Either Democrats fail to recognize what is happening, Ron Filipowski, this Republican notes, either Democrats fail to recognize what is happening, don't understand it, or think that a handful of political action committees and White House press conferences are sufficient to deal with it. Either way, they are wrong. He says the DNC's war room looks like a Victorian Tea Party compared to what Republicans do on a daily basis. It's shocking, he writes, to watch both sides operate each day and see how much more effective the GOP is at messaging. I agree. And have been ranting about this for the better part of 18 years on this program. <laughs> So, yeah, you know, Ron DeSantis is like reinventing Florida down there as, as a, you know, kind of a new alternative system, new alternative political system. In Missouri, you've got a governor here. This is an amazing story. The governor of Missouri, Mike Parson, is a reporter in Missouri who was looking at the state's website and discovered that there was a list on it of people's social security numbers. This is massive, this was uh, Missouri teachers. A list of Missouri teachers with their social security numbers was on this public government website. And the way that he found this, this reporter for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, the way he found it was he simply clicked on the government website. That's not hacking, that's clicking on a public website. So the governor wants to prosecute this guy for hacking. How dare you expose the incompetence of the Missouri government and the uh, Republican administration there? How dare you? We are going to put you in jail. This is what authoritarians do. They put reporters in jail. They destroy the lives of people who challenge them. They sell and peddle lies and misinformation for profit as well as for power. This is what's happening right now in the United States. This is what we saw this morning with Rand Paul trying to browbeat Dr. Fauci. This is what we're seeing in Florida with, with the governor basically asserting his absolute authority over the state. And soon he wants to run for president. I think Ron DeSantis represents probably an even greater threat to our republic than Donald Trump does because he's smarter and he's well-educated and Trump is an idiot. He's very sly. You know, Trump has this he has spent his entire lifetime fine-tuning how to be a grifter. DeSantis has only been doing it, apparently, for a couple of decades. But DeSantis is getting really good at this, as is Greg Abbott down in Texas. There are some serious contenders. And, you know, and then you've, of course, got in the Senate people who want to become president. Tom Cotton, Josh Hawley, Rick Scott, Ted Cruz. Oh, poor Ted. Anyhow. It's a, a dangerous time, and the Democratic Party needs to take it seriously. They really do. Fareed Zakaria just laid this out, in part, about how Hitler rose to power in Germany and how it, basically it was the conservative elites who went along with him thinking they could control him and loving the fact that he had so much public adoration and adulation that they could get the public on their side and they could win against the liberals and they wanted to keep the socialists out of power and they were willing to have Adolf Hitler, if that's what it took, to keep socialists out of power, lefties out of power. First, Hindenburg said, you know, yeah, we can work with him. And then von Papen, who bragged a couple weeks later that we own him now, right? It didn't work out so well, shall we say. And then there was this two-hour special that was narrated by Jake Tapper that laid out the fact that, and this is, I think, becoming very slowly and around the edges, a dawning realization for Americans, that January 6th was not the coup attempt. 
it was not the insurrection attempt. I mean, it was those things, but it wasn't the thing. It was a pimple on the butt of those things. Terrible metaphor, but it was really the smallest and least consequential, which is what Peter Navarro, you know, Trump's trade guy who helped, was one of the co-conspirators on this thing, came out and said last week, he said, you know, if those guys hadn't done the violence, and if Mike Pence had just gone along with our plan and said, you know, we're going to throw this election back to the House of Representatives or back to the states via the House of Representatives, if Pence had simply done that, there wouldn't have been any need for violence. And Trump would have continued to be president. And by the way, Peter Navarro was right. It would have been a crime. It would have been the end of democracy in America. It would have been overthrowing a democratically decided election. Small d democratic. In our small r republic. But the violence wasn't necessary if Pence had been willing to play his role. If Brad Raffson pur Perger down in Georgia had been willing to find Donald his 11,478 votes or whatever it was. If this was just in one county in Michigan, if this one guy had been willing to say, yeah, we'll throw out the votes in the black areas, which was basically what was being requested of him, you know, Wayne County, parts of Oakland County. If that had happened, I mean, we were within five or six people of ending our republic and turning America into a neo-fascist dictator run by Donald Trump and a band of people around him who have not only no embrace of democracy, but, you know, Paul Manafort, Trump's first campaign manager, was the front man for right-wing oligarchs after the fall of the Soviet Union. He was the guy who helped keep dictators in power in Eastern Europe. And probably a direct blind to the Kremlin, but just what he did that we know about, that's all public, you know, the millions and millions of dollars he made advising dictators in countries that were supposed to be democracies, that Gorbachev let them go so they could have democratic elections. And then consultants like Manafort come in and say, well, here's how to have your elections and keep your dictator too. And Roger Stone, the guy who engineered the Stop the Steal in 2000 in Florida. And then came up with Stop the Steal for 2016 when they all believed that Hillary Clinton was going to be crowned president or, you know, was going to win the election. They had it ready to go. They were going to do the stop the steal right from the get-go. And this is the great warning. Jake Tapper pointed this out last night on CNN, that in 2016, in the primaries in 2015, Donald Trump was saying, if I lose, it's because the election is rigged. I will not accept Hillary Clinton as president. I will not accept another Republican candidate having won. I mean, he started out with the big lie. It's not like something he pulled out of his hat at the last minute after he lost the election. This is a five-year plan. And what astonished me was, I mean, Jake Tapper is also the guy who is regularly having politicians on and asking them questions on CNN. And, I mean, he just laid this out so clearly and it's all you know it's stuff that we now know from some really good reporting and from some really good investigating by the january 6th commission you know sadly we don't know any of this from a special prosecutor or from the department of justice which frankly in my opinion is where most of it should be coming from but nonetheless we're figuring this out that there was a plan to end democracy in the united states that that plan started in 2015 that it was supported by foreign oligarchs. They helped install their man, Paul Manafort, in place to make it happen. He didn't even take a paycheck from Trump. This is a guy who won't do anything without being paid for it. And Trump pardoned him, so he's beyond the reach of the law. And Robert Stone and Steve Bannon and his role in all this. So the question that I 
that this raised in my mind, and I put this to you, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, is A, do you think that the average American is figuring out, I pause there for a moment because probably average American is not, I think we have to slice and dice this a little more finely. Obviously, politically aware Democrats have figured this out already. Anybody who listens to this show knows, you know, has known for a year has known for two years. I wrote a book about this, you know, the, the, the hidden history of American oligarchy, about the rise of Trump and where it was going or where it could go. So I think Democrats have got this figured out. But you still have 70% of Republicans who think that Trump actually won the election. They're believing the lie. And you've got somewhere in the neighborhood of half of Republicans, a little less than half of Republicans, who think that violence is an acceptable way to settle political disputes. When it becomes obvious, and I believe this is going to happen in the next few weeks, when the January 6th committee begins holding public hearings, when it becomes obvious in ways that even Fox can't ignore anymore, <laughs> dream on, right? But we'll see. That Donald Trump and his friends were not just trying to you know, have power for power's sake, not just, I, Claudius, I'm president, isn't that cool? It wasn't just that. That these guys actually had in mind the idea that democracy is a pain in the ass. And that they are being funded by right-wing billionaires who have held that notion since, since the 1950s, since the Brown versus Board of Education decision, when they started funding the John Birch Society. That democracy is a pain in the ass because, hey, it lets those black people vote. It lets poor people vote. It lets working class people vote. And they're not going to vote the interests of the billionaires. They're not going to vote the interests of the very wealthy. Democracy is a bad idea. I mean, you've got people right now, Republicans and talk show hosts, who are saying letting women vote was a mistake. They obviously believe letting black people vote and Hispanic people vote and Asian people vote, Native American people vote was also a mistake. They don't, they don't say that quite in those terms, but you know, it, it doesn't, doesn't take any great insight to understand that that's really their message. And that's what they're doing. And this was another point that was made you know, in CNN last night, is that over several hundred laws, dozens of which have been passed in, in now I think eight or nine states, giving the state legislatures basically the ability to ignore the outcome of elections. Republicans can just say, hey, we're in charge, we're gonna stay in charge. Tough luck, everybody. And we're gonna put Donald Trump in charge. Do you think that as this dawns on people, there will be a movement pushing back? In other words, will these voter suppression efforts and this big lie work to the benefit of Republicans in the 2022 and 2024 election? Or is it possible that we have hit the turning point where Trump's lies and the lies and, and the utter craven, groveling, pathetic Ted Cruz to Doughboy on Fox News kind of stuff is viewed by Americans as something that really is inconsistent with the American way. It is not how we do business. It's not how we do politics. Do you think that people are getting that or that they will get that? I am in some ways optimistic. The Germans did not have an Adolf Hitler to look back at and say, holy cow, we don't want to go down this road again. In Germany in 19, in, you know, prior to January of 1933, before Hitler was made chancellor, there was no news agency in Germany that could have put together the specials that I saw on CNN last night to warn the people. We now have that benefit of hindsight with Hitler and, and, and you know, and Fried Zakaria came right out and said, Trump is no Hitler, but he's using the same strategy to end democracy. Are people waking up? Are the people you know waking up? I'm not seeing it on Twitter. You know, Twitter's a kind of weird little slice of social media. I'm holding judgment. 
This is the Tom Hartman Program. But this question, first of all, did you see these two specials? If you haven't and they play them again, you got to watch them. And number two, is this going to blow up in the Republicans' face? Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Just head over to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Anyhow, picking up your phone calls, Tucker in Berwyn, Pennsylvania. Hey, Tucker, what's on your mind today? It's becoming obvious in the red counties in Pennsylvania that Republicans, or at least uh, Trump Republicans, are threatening violence. They're starting to hang black U.S. flags, American flags, outside of their house. It's in contrast to a white flag. The black flag in wartime means that no prisoners will be taken. We that will kill all you. That combatants will be killed. Yep. Right. It means we will kill you. So you've, you've yep. actually seen this in your neighborhood? It's actually a news article in the Bucks County Post. Does it point uh, out the meaning of the flag? Yes. Wow. I um, also checked it out, and Amazon is selling these flags. I was just going to say that. I, I started to say I noticed, I don't know, two, three months ago when this first became a thing, I went on Amazon and, and saw that they were selling these black flags, and I was like, whoa, you know, it's so. Scary. Uh, yeah, it really is. Yeah. Thank you, Tom. Thank you for the report from Pennsylvania. Mark in Valley, Washington. Hey, Mark, what's on your mind today? Hey, Tom. I've been watching your show for over seven years now, and I think that the majority of your callers are above average IQ and have the ability of long-range thinking, to look at a problem and look down the road and see where it's leading. I agree. And I think that skewed you to believe that the general populace is the same. I made that mistake for many years. I'm 64 now. I'm not trying to say I'm a genius by any means, but I know I'm above average in IQ and intelligence just from dealing with people. And I hate to say that I don't think you're going to get that epiphany of people coming to the realization of what's happened. Mm. This is going to be the big challenge. You know, if the American people don't realize what those of us who have, you know, who pay careful attention to the news, it's fairly obvious to the rest of us. If, the, if a substantial portion of the American populace does not realize this, then we're screwed, Mark. Well, that's what I'm afraid of, Tom. That's exactly what I'm afraid of, is that not so much that they're so stupid, is that they're just ignorant, they're uninformed. Well, and they're that's being malinformed. That's even stupidity. I mean, when Joe Biden gave his I'm, speech, he, yeah. you know, the, the, the right-wing networks either didn't cover it or cut him off in the middle. I mean, you know, Fox News cut I'm him out off. In, I'm out in eastern Washington. I'm out in Trump. The, the Stevens County that I'm in went 75% for Trump. So right. I deal with a lot of Trump supporters. Right. And I've gotten to the point of, of actually telling them to their face that I know why they're a Trump supporter. And they'll look at me and they're all like, why? And I said, because you don't have a clue what the man did in office. And nine times out of ten, I'm correct. Yeah. What will they say that he did? Whoa, he, he brought jobs back to America. Oh. He, he's gonna he's the champion of the middle class, that he's going to fight for us. and, and They his, repeat uh, his rhetoric, his lies. Exactly. Delusion that I deal with out here is really quite astounding. Astounding. I just, it, it blows my mind over and over again that, that people will actually follow this man and not really have a clue what he's about or what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. I totally get it. Okay, Mark, thank you very much. Thanks for the call.
Gary in Alpharetta, Georgia. Your thoughts, Gary? This last man that called, he said he was 64, and I appreciate him saying that. I'm 76, and I guarantee you this man has got it right. I hope he's not right. I hope I'm not right. I hope you're right withholding judgment on the rest of the American people. The reason being the majority of the American people, yes, a lot of them are ill-informed. Very true. I don't think they're hungry enough. The bellies are too full. Yeah. Sean in Stamford, Connecticut. Hey, Sean, what's up? I watched this amazing documentary yesterday. I wanted to share it with you in in the audience. It's called Trump and the Big Lie. Comes from Australian TV, and they did a whole story about what goes on behind the scenes in Fox News, and how they push the big lie, and all the things behind the scenes, things that we didn't even know, including the fact that we always heard how Fox News has split families apart. Well, what happened to the Murdochs as well, where James Murdoch decided to no longer be part of the business because he couldn't stand what his father was doing right. and pushing. And Lachlan Trump was and all doubling down on it. Yeah, it was amazing. And I, I was was this on uh, ABC, Australian Broadcasting Corporation? Yes, it is. Which is kind of their version of NPR and PBS. And how do you track it down, Sean, if I wanted to go look oh, for it? Oh, it's on YouTube. Oh, okay. It's on YouTube. Oh, that's fascinating. I'll have to check that it out. Comes, it comes in two parts. One is 45, one is 40, and this. All right, I'll check it out. Sean, thank you very much for that. Roger in Mansfield, Ohio. Hey, Roger, what's on your mind today? I actually have a theory that the violence that we saw on the steps of the Capitol was never planned. Nobody ever planned for that mob to breach the Capitol. Now, clearly it was planned that those people would show up in Washington and that they would go to the Capitol. But I don't believe that anybody ever planned for them to turn into the violent mob that they turned into. I think that was a spontaneous mob violence that got totally out of control. Now, that idea explains a couple of things. It explains, one, why when they got inside the Capitol, they were clueless. Nobody. Hang on just a second, Roger. They weren't altogether clueless. There are something like 580 windows in the Capitol. There's only about a dozen of them that are not reinforced. Those were the ones they went for. They knew specifically how to get to Nancy Pelosi's place. They knew specifically how to get to the vice president's place. I mean, there were places in the Capitol. They were, they were down in the tunnels underneath. They knew the maps. Somebody had done their homework, whether they were there to actually kill Mike Pence or not. I mean, you know, keep in mind that the, the, the day before, on January 5th, I think it was, the New York Post ran an article about how Chuck Grassley said that he was going to count the votes. Now, Grassley's in tight with Trump, and he had, he had been, you know, apparently part of many of these conversations with the war room guys. And he said he was going to count them because he didn't think Pence was going to show up. Pence refused to go to the White House that morning, um, and he refused to get in the car when they tried to take him down, you know, during the, during the attack. That would have put Grassley in charge of counting the vote because he's the, he's the Senate pro tem leader. He's the, you know, the, the senior Republican. So um, I, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe it wasn't a large plan to kill Pence, but I'm thinking at the very least Donald Trump intended to kill Mike Pence. And that's why he tweeted, uh, I think it was at 153, if I'm remembering right. I'm probably not, but it was after 1 p.m. After the Capitol had been attacked, after the Capitol had been breached, um, Donald Trump tweeted, Mike Pence just, you know, failed us, didn't, didn't uh, you know, failed to, failed to throw out the election. And that was the point at, and, and they brought a damn gallows, you know. That was the point at which they started chanting, hang Mike Pence. Yeah, I saw that. But in the, in the bigger picture, I think what is more significant 
was the scheme that Navarro has outlined about actually using the procedures of the count and undermining them. Oh, I agree. And then eventually, right? So that's the more significant. Yeah, I think that that conspiracy probably involved thirty or forty people, and and maybe as many as a hundred elected Republicans, because they had possibly. You know, uh, one of them uh, was mentioning that they had had a conference call. Might have been Navarro. Yeah, it was Navarro. He said we had a conference call with almost two hundred elected. Republicans the night before. Now, right. I don't know how many of those were in the U.S. Congress versus, you know, people in the states or whatever. But um, right. so that but, was that larger Donald- conspiracy was not planning violence. But I think that Donald right. Trump had this in his back pocket as plan B. And I and I and I suspect that some of the people very tightly close to him, um, you know, the the Roger Stones of the world, the 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 Steve Bannons may well have been in on the idea of hanging, literally hanging Mike Pence so that Chuck Grassley could count the vote and toss it out. You see, I don't, I don't think so. I think hanging Mike Pence or, or harming Nancy Pelosi or any other legislators actually would have worked against the plot that they had to undermine the count. It would have allowed and, Donald Trump to invo- invoke the Insurrection Act. He could have said, you know, there's an insurrection, there's a riot going on. We're declaring a state of emergency. Congress is suspended. I'm in charge. Yeah. I I don't know. I and I think the thing that blew blew up blew him blew up his plan there was that uh, you know I'm increasingly thinking. You know, for a long time I was convinced that when he put Chris Miller in as head of the the Defense Department, as Secretary of Defense, right, illegally, by the way. Um, you know, in violation of both law, both custom and law, um, right. uh, that the Miller procedure, yes, right. And Miller then then issued that order that the National Guard could not assist the Capitol Police, could not wear uh, helmets, could not take tear gas, all that kind of stuff. Um, it it's increasingly looking like Trump was leaning on Miller to have the military be there to support the protesters, as opposed uh, to standing down and allowing it. To happen. No, right, I, that they were actually I, yeah. supposed to be participants in this, and that he was going to declare martial law, and that the and that the hook to you know the trigger the the, the god awful horrific event where all across America people would say, wow, yeah, he really does need to declare martial law, would be when the vice president of the United States and the speaker of the house were executed. Could and be. Miller blew it up for him by, by refusing to by refusing to go along. I think that there were a number of people who stopped him. But I, who knows? I mean, who knows? Well, we don't know yet. And I hope that we do find out. I hope the January 6th committee is able to unearth some of these things. Yeah. And or we need the Justice Department to get it in gear. I agree. We need a damn special prosecutor. Need to know. And our speculation on these matters should be cleared up by actual investigation. we We need a grand jury. Roger, thank you. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archives. Fascinating stuff. If you didn't see this, these two specials on CNN last night, they've got to replay them and you've got to watch them when they do. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. .edu/podcast And uh, welcome back. Tom Hartman here with you, picking up your phone calls. Glenn in Bethesda, Maryland. Hey Glenn, what's up? I want to completely agree with the last two callers that you had. Um, they're completely right. I know a lot of Trumpers as well, a lot of Republicans, and the level of ignorance is outstanding. What I wanted to say to you today was something I've called in about before. I just want to reiterate it. We need, as Democrats and progressives, to stop about stop talking about what the Republicans and Trump has done, but how they get away with it. And looking at it is, can a Democrat get away with what Republicans do? 
Could Obama have, have one woman who accused him of sexual assault without the media, all the media, MSNBC and CNN, going crazy every night with the accusation, whereas Donald Trump could have 20 women who accused him of sexual assault, and no one knows their names. That's a decision by all of the corporate media. Uh, look at what Ron Johnson, the senator from Wisconsin, just said, that she, on, on a radio show, that you can go listen to this, that you can get rid of COVID by doing a mouthwash. Now, he knows that that's not true, but the reason he should rile up his, his base is because he knows the media won't follow up on it. I so think it's possible that Ron Johnson is stupid enough that he actually believes it. I mean, he's really, <laughs> he really is the dumbest member of the United States well, Senate. Ask I, any I, senator. All right, maybe, maybe he does believe that. But the point is, Republicans know they can get away with doing things that Democrats know they can't. So the entire political structure and corporate media structure allows Republicans to literally have a coup where members of the Republican Party gave tours to people when the, the Capitol was locked down to show them where to come in right. and whatnot. And the media will not, if Democrats did that, it would be 24-7 and calls for resignation. Uh, I'll give you another example. The governor of New York was hounded by all of the corporate media for literally three weeks as the first or second story on all the nightly news, all the media, the front page of, of the nation's newspapers. Just about a few days ago, there was a little tiny report saying that no charges are going to be brought. There's nothing there. Basically, there's nothing there. Right. They ran out a governor of one of our largest states, a Democratic progressive, somewhat progressive governor, maybe not. But they ran him out of office and his brother on some trumped up, so to speak, charge. And they got away with it. Yet, on the other side of the of this political spectrum... There's literally nothing a Democrat could get a, a Republican couldn't get away with. Look at Matt Gates. He has sexual accusations against him. It's not in the news. Most people have forgotten about it. Look at Jim Jordan. He has four co uh, high school students that begged him to turn in a coach that was sexually abusing them, basically, and other members of the wrestling team. Nobody knows this about Jim Jordan precisely because CNN, MSNBC, Fox, ABC, the rest of them won't stay on the story. This is, this is the mechanism of how the Republicans get away with this and why I have, like your last two callers, I have zero hope that we're going to get out of this without the end of our democracy within the next three to five years. Yeah. I, because let me let me add something to your list, Glenn. Uh, yeah. and, and this is the one that I think is really the democracy killer that nobody's talking about. And uh, in fact, Louise the other day was saying, I, w I wonder if the, the media have instructed their hosts literally not to discuss this. And that is Citizens United. And that is the fact that the Supreme Court has legalized the bribery of politicians and to the and to the point that you've got. Uh, Republican and Democratic politicians. I mean, you know, here here in, in in Oregon, we got Kurt Schrader, you know, who's like, you know, just openly in the pocket of big pharma, you know, working to sabotage anything that might, uh, you know, allow Medicare to negotiate prescription drug prices and stuff like that. And he knows that when election time comes, you know, big pharma will come in through some front group called, you know, Citizens for Better Governance or something like that, and they'll carpet bomb the the, the district with ads talking about how wonderful he is, and he'll get reelected. These Republicans all know the same thing, and yet right. nobody ever talks about it in the media. How how this how these right wing billionaires and these giant corporations are using this power that was given to them by the Supreme Court to distort and corrupt democracy, and, you know, via the media and via advertising and via directly buying politicians, and and nobody talks about it. And I think that's the number one cancer. I think all these other things that you just you just named Glenn are the are the distant you know nodes of metastasis uh, out yep. of that uh, that central cancer. What say you? There, there is a solution, though. To, to sorry to interrupt. There is a solution to this, Tom. I think, and the solution is Democrats, progressives, other people calling their Democratic congressmen and just making the decision to go populist instead of corporate, and putting pressure on the media literally asking CNN, MSNBC, when they do go on, why is Biden never covered? Why 
is a story as big as him attacking the former president right. for supporting what amounts to a coup. Why is that less than a day story? Reverse the situation. It would be nonstop. And the Democrats, the only way out of this is for the Democrats, for us to call our saying we are in. Listen, the Glenn, I, forgive the interruption. We got 10 seconds. Um, I know that most of these people on TV actually monitor their own Twitter feeds. And so if you want to lobby, you know, I mean, this is this is what the Republicans pioneered in the 1980s, working the refs. Remember that phrase? Um, we need to be doing that on social media for the people who are on television and the producers of the people who are on television who are making these decisions about what to talk about, what not to talk about. Because, Glenn, you just knocked it out of the park. Thank you very much for the call. Linda in Auburn, Washington. Hey, Linda, what's on your mind today? Callousness of the police officers. I think that we should check into their hormones because there's several different kind of estrogens. A lot of them have been in the military and they've had to have mandatory vaccines. I don't know if that related or was it the training they got in the military and they need debriefing when they get out. I think it's just that that police forces, and I say this with some personal experience, having you know been through a course at the Georgia Police Academy and having interacted with a lot of cops and wannabe cops, uh, both there and throughout my life. Um, I, I think it's just that police departments, because they are rigid hierarchies, they are pseudo-military institutions, uh, and, and when you become a police officer, you are literally given the power of life or death over other people. The, there's only two professions that we give that power to in our society, cops and doctors. And, uh, you know, to make a decision that can end a person's life instantly, those, those are the only two. And, and because, and, and, and I don't think you know, being a doctor draws as, as many authoritarians, but because police institutions are pseudo-military, they're highly military. In fact, you know, going through the police academy was a real revelation to me. They march in formation you know, with, with rifles and things, you know, like basic training for the Marine Corps. Um, so I think that, that what that does is it draws authoritarian people to start out with. And yeah, they may be on steroids or they may have, you know, testosterone disorders or God only knows what. But I think really what's going on here, Linda, is that police departments draw people who have authoritarian types of personalities. Those kind of people are then drawn to media figures who are preaching authoritarianism, which you find all across Fox News and on right wing hate radio. And, and, and racism as well. Racism is, a, you know, kind of the, the, the poor stepchild of authoritarianism or one of them. And, and therefore, it shouldn't surprise us that we've got cops who are white supremacists and are willing to defy, uh, you know, uh, society in, and, and assert their own authority to do, that, to do that. And I think, you know, what we should be saying to them, Linda, is thanks. See you later. You know, uh, you know, nice having you here, but uh, don't let the cop car door hit you on the way out. I think we should just let them go. It's our, it's our way of identifying who the right-wing crazies are, Linda, if they so won't get vaxxed. there's another concept that it relates to what about redoing the neighborhoods, these dense, dangerous neighborhoods, to be like eco-villages, to where it's just a whole different structure where there's more nature around, there's really constructive things for people to do so that, I mean, the gangs, the police are going into war zones. I, where yeah. I live, I know an African-American elderly woman who, like, in a week, knew three relatives that got shot, you know, yeah. like, so it's a war zone. Yeah, this, this, a is, a, this is a much larger issue. Yeah, I, and we're not going to solve it with parks, but... But, uh, you know, we do need to provide a social safety net for all Americans, number one. And number two, we need to have community policing. We need to go back to cops walking the beat in the streets like they used to do and get them out of the cars and get them, get them, you know, in the neighborhoods, meeting people, knowing people, the same cop in the same neighborhood for a long period of time so that you get to know your local cop and and you can build a relationship with them. And, and you know, it's... This is not rocket science. We've, we've actually done this in the past, and it has largely worked. And then, of course, we need to filter out the crazies in the first place. Bill in Ashland, Oregon. Hey, Bill, thanks for watching us on Free Speech TV. What's on your mind today? One often hears the phrase, so that it'll never happen again. Right. We hear this all the time. Try to, in other words, prophylactic measures. Now, I hope you don't take this as a joke. I'm not joking. 
in the wisdom that says, uh, you know, never more serious than in jest. But as a magician and a linguist, I have experienced doing magic tricks for people. Adults respond differently from children. Adults know it's a trick, but they go along with it and are enjoyed, and they'll pay to see it again. Children say, do it again, do it again, do it again. They want to know how it's done. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm talking about teaching people how to perceive deception in advance. Okay. Okay, and the two major things that I've learned are that magic tricks are not just tricky and funny and cute. They can be used in a fun way to hip youngsters to the fact that they can be deceived very easily. Mm. All you have to do is explain a few tricks to them. Say, oh, there's something going on behind the curtain, you know, in Oz. And the other way is to prevent, give them examples of double talk. There's all kinds of double talk. There's straight non-sequitur language. There's also the type that where you make up words. If I say, if I would say we stand on a fort liquor, you, you know that it's nonsense, but you, <laughs> you don't stop me. Okay? Right. You don't stop me. So if you look at Al Kelly, the great double talker, and listen to him talk, and then listen to some of the politicians, you realize that their reasoning is circular. I want to prevent deception. I want to encourage deception awareness without making people cynical. I think that's possible. So using magic tricks? I mean, or using magic oh, yeah. tricks as the metaphor? Because everybody's familiar with magic tricks. You know, the, these are actually not magic, that they are actually tricks. I think most people don't make the leap that that's what some politicians do. If you teach people, children in advance, to become aware of this, that that's possible huh. in all of its different forms, linguistic and visual. People respond to the glitz and, and promises that are made. You know, if yeah. they could learn to be critical without being cynical, that's a good trick. And these are two of the ways that I've experienced the possibility of doing that. It's well, a low-budget yeah. civics instruction. It's a way of... Yeah, you know, oh, exactly. But how about before the kids get there? You know, that's yeah. a high school topic. Uh, that's a high school topic. And then logic is a philosophical. Well, this is what they're doing in Finland right now. They just introduced, or maybe it was Denmark, they just introduced a curriculum into their schools last year yeah. about yeah. how political disinformation works, how to have critical thinking around political disinformation. Because they're dealing with go. political disinformation that's coming in mostly via social media, mostly from autocratic countries around them. That's a good intellectual way to go. Yeah. I'm thinking of a more entertaining. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it, Bill. Uh, you, 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 you know what Preach the masses. I absolutely do, yeah. Thanks for taking my opinions, Tom. Yeah, thank you, Bill. Yeah, it's, uh, give me something to think about. That's, that's great. Shay in Minneapolis. Hey, Shay, what's on your mind today? Hi, I wanted to provide a maybe more positive uh, perspective I've acquired of my 77 years of observing and being involved in progressive movements. Mm -hmm. uh, it's what I call the tipping point. Uh, the middle third of Americans are sheep. That is, they follow movement, and the Republicans are very good at faking movement. But I've seen this play out over and over again, most notably in the Vietnam War, when a dozen of us on corners handing out flyers, then 25, then 50, then 100, then 1,000. At a certain point, there was a tipping point where the sheep all said, oh, that's the way we're going. I remember. And all of a sudden, all the flat, frat guys and the brainiacs, everybody was at the, was there. And, uh, and, and I think that dynamic can work again. People will say, no, we don't have, not with this amount of pressure from the right. But that's really the point. At this point, we need a massive mobilization. Uh, uh, it, we need, this is a, an all-hands-on-deck situation. We can do this. We're we're the American people. We can have what we want if we're willing to work for it. And and I just want to, um, you know, the worst is with, is if we think we can put people in office and they're going to solve our problems for us. Uh, change never happens from the top down. It always happens from the bottom up. So the buck stops with the American people. And we just have to put in the work in Minnesota. Uh, I really truly believe that uh, Bonnie Westland Senate District can take the Minnesota Senate. Uh, 
we're only a few seats off. Uh, uh, we, we can do this, and I get, get riled at this assumption that we can't win in 22. Uh, it's self-fulfilling. Of course we can. Uh, let's do this. We've got a future to build. Uh, I, I, I want to see... I want to see everybody doing, everybody can do something. I just wrote Tax the Rich on the back of my navy blue jacket, and I can't go out without people stopping me and telling me they love it. Um, <laughs> That's great. Shay, I, 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 I think that, uh, A, your observation is absolutely brilliant. B, it's absolutely consistently uh, or historically consistent. I, I totally agree. I was there for the, the anti-Vietnam stuff. I remember it well. And then we saw it also with civil rights in the, in the years before Vietnam. And, and we're seeing it again, frankly, I think. And uh, I think one and with of the, the gay and lesbian, you know. With yes. Oh, yeah. You know, I remember when Barack Obama was like, no, I can't be in favor of gay marriage. And then Joe Biden kind of, you know, pushed him into it. Um, but, you know, the, the if you had just asked the average American, will there be gay marriage in our lifetimes? You know, they would have said no just 15 years ago. So, yes, I, I completely agree. And I think one of the things that is going to tell us, you know, one of the big indicators, because. The Democratic Party has a role to play in this, a really consequential role. Elected Democrats have a really consequential role. If Joe Biden's speech tomorrow in Georgia is as fiery and take no prisoners and in your face as his speech was last week about January 6th, then I am going to become very optimistic and very hopeful that people will wake up, we will hit that tipping point, they will realize that Donald Trump is just a con man and a sore loser, and that the Republicans who are flocking to him are doing so because they think that he and this base of, of uh, you know, people who have just basically live on Facebook, you know, his, his, his hardcore right-wing bizarro, uh, you know, white racist base, that they that they're going that they're going to be the ones who are going to keep these Republicans in power. They're going to start realizing that his base is shrinking. And his base is becoming increasingly less meaningful in America. Yeah, they may be getting louder. They may be getting more well-armed. They may be getting more problematic. But, you know, they are shrinking. They are, they are going away. And, I, you know, I think that's a good thing. Shay, thank you. That was brilliant. That was brilliant. Kent in uh, Hempstead, North Carolina. Hey, Kent, what's on your mind today? Hey, good afternoon, Tom. Um, well, I was just uh, I was listening to the gentleman from Bethesda talk about uh, the undereducated or lack of uh, civics uh, educated people. And my old civics teacher told us, the class, that the American people didn't deserve better leaders than we elect. And I was thinking, what, what would have happened if, if when uh, Al Gore actually had his election stolen from him and Hillary Clinton was cheated by Russia, what would have happened if we had acted like the Republicans are acting? I mean, we, we would have gone poof, I think, because there would have been no glue at all yeah. to hold it together. And I, I firmly believe that the anti-democratic, uh, movement of the Republicans began when Mitch McConnell stated that he was going to spend his entire time and energy making sure that Obama was a one-term president, and he failed. Well, or you now, could go I back to the 2000 election theft by five conservatives on the Supreme Court. You could go yeah, back. You could yeah. go back to Richard Nixon uh, conspiring with the South South Vietnamese to blow up the peace talks so that. So that exactly. Hubert Humphrey wouldn't get elected. Uh, you could go back to Ronald Reagan conspiring with the Iranians to hold the uh, hostages so that Jimmy Carter would lose the election. I mean, there, there have been a lot of milestones along the way. It demonstrates that the Republicans have no low limit, won't stoop to, to win power. Absolutely. They will and engage in treason. Yes. Corrupts, absolutely. Yeah. Period. Yep. And that's all they care about. They care about power and their own little butts and the rest of us you know we're pretty much on our own from birth to the grave yeah I'm and it shows up in every policy that they do or don't uh push yeah. and they can't even be honest about it no they can't they lie about it and they're oh we're here for the average working person and we're going to bring your jobs back and we're going to do that no, 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 no. they're not even trying ken thank you that was brilliant ken in englewood colorado hey ken what's on your mind today 
the algorithm they are seeking, Tom, is for all 256 human characteristics. They define those of whether you're adroit or athletic or not, left-handed, right-handed, all the things for all 7 billion people. It's a huge, massive number. Their supercomputers can't even handle it. Once they have that out, they will be able to control you. They will be able to stimulate you to make you have whatever behavior. Well, I think they already can. I mean, Facebook is able to predict, and this is going to be in, in, I've got a book coming out in, in, I don't know, a month or so, uh, The Hidden History of Big Brother. In there, I, I document how Facebook has figured out how to know what people's emotions are based on, you know, their posts and things like that. And then predict their emotions, and they actually ran an experiment to try to make people be depressed or make people be happy by feeding them particular types of data or news or selecting whose stories and which order they saw in the news post, and they were actually able to alter people's emotional states. I mean, this is serious, serious stuff. Amazing. Ken, i got to move along, but thank you. That was fascinating. Carol in Egan, Minnesota. Hey, Carol, what's on your mind today? It is the 60s, and it was... uh a lot of change, and there were a lot of people marching, and there were a lot of people objecting. I think at the, I don't want to say the end of it, but I think there was a point where we figured we had won, and we never realized how evil the other side was and how, how much effort and how much money they would put into it. And I think if you look at the difference between the school books that we had for those of us who were in school during those years, we we learned about um, our we learned about how our government worked. We learned about what we could do to make it work better. We talked about what we were very involved. We got a little bit older. We got married. We had kids to raise, and we didn't realize how much was going away. And I don't know about you. I am the parent of kids who are less than. What can I say? Good at being uh, good citizens and who think that they should be Republican. And what I I say, and I'm sure you know what that's like. But I mean, I, I know and I know there are those of us who are still out there protesting and have been all along. And it's a matter of can we get the numbers out that we used to be able to get out? Because I really, really think we're in. We're in a fight that we haven't seen since the 50s and the 60s, and the money seems to be on the side. And I I worry the Democrats, they have compromised just for so long, they don't know how to put their foot down and stamp it. Yeah. And I, I would say that I think we're in a fight that the last time there was a parallel fight was the 1860s, not the 1960s. We had some real battles in the 1960s, you know, civil rights, the war in Vietnam, women's rights. And then, you know, by the 70s, you know, particularly after Roe v. Wade, we thought, okay, everything's cool. You know, the country's doing good. Let's, let's uh, go to work and make some money. And that's, you know, my, my preoccupations during the 70s and the 80s were building businesses, doing good work in the world, traveling around doing, you know, international relief work. I was following American politics, but I was not, I did not realize how bad it, you know, what was going on underneath. It's like the iceberg was invisible other than just the very tip of it. But here it is. We see it now. Carol, thank you. Thank you. Spot on. Kirk in Lakeland, Florida. Hey, Kirk, what's on your mind today? In Florida, where I live, it's uh, Lakeland Electric, which is a private utility company. Ironically, they had a coal plant and they now use an LP plant for generation. But Duke Energy is right in town with us now and we buy energy from duke and that is actually what's dictating our rates is actually the bigger company selling power to us with that in mind i would also say that lakeland electric since it's private is they're pretty responsive to solar but my but i gotta tell you that um it's i would encourage our listeners that if there's an option for solar to do it now because it's a process and it doesn't happen quickly and that you know batteries if you want batteries it's you know, we're looking at a supply chain issue. So, oh, this is a six-month wait right now. Louise and I were looking into solarizing our house uh, last month, and we talked to several contractors here in Portland, and they were all saying, we can't even begin for six months. We can't get supplies. We can't get panels. We can't get batteries. Plus, you've got hundreds of people ahead of you, <laughs> you know, who got there who got there first. And I think a lot of people were holding off thinking that, you know, Build Back Better was going to increase the uh, the benefits, but 
Uh, I'm skeptical that they're going to get this past Joe Manchin, frankly, uh, it, which is pretty grim. But anyhow, Kirk, thank you for the call and thanks for the information. Chaz in Lakewood, Washington. Hey, Chaz, what's on your mind today? Pearl Harbor, was that danger external or internal? There are still Republicans who think that FDR played a role in setting it up, but I, I think the history is fairly clear it was external. So who planned Pearl Harbor? Tojo. Right. Well, and uh, Yamamoto, is that what we call oh, Yamamoto, and, yeah, uh, was the general who yeah. was in charge, yeah. And we shot him down. Okay, we know Osama bin Laden planned September 11th. We shot him down. January 6th, the danger was internal, not external. And who did we plan the deep six for, you know? There's no comparison. The GOP is a clear and present danger to the U.S. Tom, I took an oath. I will defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Actually, Babbitt also took that oath. And do you recall what the penalty used to be for wartime and treason? It was death, was it not? Yeah. Her penalty has been served, Tom. Oh, Who did I, she know. take a bullet? Yeah. Who did she take a bullet for? I think that she was... I mean, there's the stories that she was just kind of a nasty person to begin with, but I think that she was lied to. I think she was deluded. I, I lay so much of this at the feet of, the, of Donald Trump and the Republican Party that went along with it. Thanks so much for being with us today. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. In the meantime, don't forget democracy is not a spectator sport. It does require you. Seriously. And there's so many great organizations out there that are doing such great work that you can sign up with, do, you know, phone banking, all kinds of cool stuff. Check it out. Get out there, get active. Tag, you're it. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.